Hey there, guys. It's Matt from The Underlay. Just a little public service announcement up front. We had a few technical difficulties with this episode. Michael and our guests were based in Melbourne and we had some internet problems, so the sound isn't what we would have hoped. The content is still great, so we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to The Underlay, a clever choice podcast where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Welcome to the Underlay Clever Choice podcast. We've got a special edition today coming uh, from different parts of the country and predominantly down in Melbourne. Michael is on tour. The Clever Choice uh, road train continues. He's down in Melbourne and uh, and we've got another special guest joining us from Melbourne as well. Michael, how are you, how are you, this, are you good, mate? Oh, mate, loving life down here in Melbourne. Uh, as always, they've turned the weather on and um, enjoying it. Oh, the rain. Is that what yes. they call it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did brag earlier that it's 28 degrees here on the Gold Coast. It's a beautiful sunny day. Summer started early, as usual. But, you know, it is the Gold Coast. It's not, as classy, it's not as classy as Melbourne, but uh, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Well, at least it's nice and green down here. A cultural waste ground. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that, that, uh, that, that voice there is our special guest this morning, Robert Levine of Inner City Floor World uh, in Abbotsford. And this is a man with probably more years' experience in flooring that I've come across, and we look forward to mining your uh, your knowledge, mate, and, and getting a little bit out of you. I know Michael's very excited. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Mate, uh, we were just talking earlier off air, 47 years you've had yeah. your store. That, now, well, that, that sign uh, that I'm actually stupid because you shouldn't be doing it for 47 <laughs> years. But, there you go. but we did mention, and we, we come across this a lot, Michael, don't we, that it's, it's, a, it's really in the blood, flooring. It's, it's a generational thing. And obviously, family business, Robert, yeah? No, 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 no. It's, uh, my, my children are much too, too smart uh-huh. to come into the business. Excellent. Uh, but no, it's not a family business. I started off with... Uh, um, one of my em- employees at the time, and he became a partner, and that was Sam Grande. And uh, when we sold our property in uh, in Collingwood, um, Sam decided to retire, and I took my my manager, who I had promised I would look after him in Jason Brophy, and Jason now runs. In a, in a city for world, and we are partners. And uh, he's got uh, the cake, and I get a little bit of the roll, the crumbs off the roll. So that's me. <laughs> it's cool. Well, well as long as it works for everyone. It does. Yeah. It does work. So, mate, look, you're, you're 80 years of age, though. Like, you're still loving it? Next question, please. <laughs> Did you ever love it? <laughs> Look, I mean, I did. I did like it because you got to meet uh, a hell of a lot of people, and um, if there's something throws up different every, every day in this in this job. It's not repetitive and boring, really. So it's certainly certainly good. And when I was um, 
chairman of Thrall World for 16 years, the um, part of that job was that I had to had to travel. I'd go to Domatex in Germany, and then I'd do uh, Las Vegas for surfaces, went to Neocon in Chicago, and, of course, Domatex again in Shanghai. And uh, I usually went with Bob, Bob Crotty, uh, most of the time, who was the Floor World CEO, and we used to have a lot of fun, A, eh? and then B, you would learn an enormous amount. And it's really about seeing what the new trends were, would they come here, wouldn't they come here, etc. So I enjoyed that. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of travel, a lot of fun, and uh, I used to stop halfway because it's a long flight, 40 hours by the time we got to Hanover. And uh, I would stop in in Thailand on the way back, which was eight hours from there, and then eight hours again. And I would have normally a week there just recuperating and coming back. It's the first time I did it. I went, boom, work like a... And you do work very hard. You go it's from nine until five. And then after that, You've got people wanting to take you out to show you to talk, etc. Get to bed eleven at night, and then you're up again the next morning. So uh, I found that when I did it the first time, I got really jet lagged when I got back. Mm-hmm. So I, for all the other trips, I, I definitely uh, took a, a break, which was excellent. I guess that's what people don't see, like when you do travel for work and especially when you're doing big overseas trips for, you know, uh, periods of time, week on end. Yeah. Uh, they, they see all the, the good side of it, you know, oh, you're eating out, you're in hotels and you're visiting. But what they don't see is that you're generally working 18 to 20 hour days. Like even oh, yeah. though you're going out for dinner or you're going out with colleagues, it's still work. You, you're still on. You're still representing yourself. You're representing, you know, your organisation, your company. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably at the other end of the scale than you, and I'm right in the middle of it now, Robert. And yeah. it's one thing I make sure now I try and build in because I really do push hard. And I remember uh, Sean, our uh, managing director after the last trip, he goes, you work harder than a Chinese man, you know, and <laughs> I, was, I was pushing him to the point of every day, let's do another thing, let's do another thing. And yes, yeah, so that's one thing I've learned with traveling, especially over the last couple of trips that, you know, you need to factor in a couple of those down days um, because generally you're still trying to get your day-to-day work done as well as what you're doing overseas or, you know, those sort of events that, you know, in positions like we're in that day-to-day work doesn't stop. No, certainly, certainly doesn't. And uh, the amount of, uh, of mental work you're doing over there, it is enormous. Yeah. So a lot of what we talk about on the, um, on the underlay, um, you know, is progression and the industry moving forward. Um, and the reason I actually got you on today, because I've spent many years, I've known you for nearly 20 years now from uh, being, you know, a Floor World member myself uh, to now being on the other side of the fence. And, you know, throughout the years, I've been very, very lucky to have a lot of time with you. Um, and I guess what, what I'd like to sort of hear, and I guess our listeners is, you know, the history of Floor Like you said, you were one of the founding 
members back 47 years ago or been in the flying industry for 47 years. Would you mind tell us a little bit of history about how you started in, in flooring and then, you know, how that eventuated and moved into Floor World? Well, um, how it started was I went, I had a, a, a menswear business and uh, I got sick. I got glandular fever. And when I got a call from the police, I had a couple of shops and the call from the police saying that my city shop, the keys were being offered around the underworld. So I got out of bed, got into the shop and found a lot of stock was missing. And of course, I couldn't claim it because there's no break-in or insurance. So I decided to close it down, close it down. And I had a, already had a sales management degree from Swinburne when I, after leaving school. So I got a job uh, and I was approached by somebody who knew of me, wanted that uh, vinyl fair and exhibition carpets in Smith Street, Collingwood, needed a manager and uh, I, I, he uh, rang me up and we agreed and we started and uh, I was there for three or four years and then he wanted to sell and we, we'd agreed and then we, we couldn't agree in the end on the, on the price. It kept on, it was a movable feast. So Sam, <laughs> Sam Grande and myself went off and uh, and started our own our, our own company. We started in um, the old uh, on the corner of the freeway, which is the old wool store, which is now Proven's Timber, right on oh, the yep. corner there. So we were there for th- three years, I think. Then we moved to the old um, Lyric Theatre, the corner of Gore Street. We were there for six years, and after that we got the opportunity to move down to the Austral Theatre. And the reason I chose theatres, um, when there were some old theatres available, is that um, there's a, a lot of a lot of height and uh, you don't pay rent for the, for the height. So we were able to build really good racking and, yep. uh, in, a, in a, a lot less space. And then uh, later on I bought that, that property with my partner Sam Grande, and uh, the rest. Uh, when we sold it, then Sam wanted to retire, so Jason and I moved to here and started our um, Abbotsford store. So it's good. So when you first started your shop with Sam, were you part of Floorworld? Did Floorworld exist? Um. That's taking me back, I think. Yeah, almost. Because what happened, Alan Nolan, Gary Breen, Kevin McAuliffe and uh, Greg Smith, they were the original four. And then straight after that, the next wave come in, which is Billy Capitaris and Thomas Town, David Hamilton from Geelong. And then I was the next one in. So then we, we were seven and that uh, it started just as a buying group, nothing else. So um, we would get a lot of um, carpets bought, and you might put your hand up for a couple of rolls of that, and didn't want that one, and that's how it worked. But uh, 
later on, um, it really started to grow. We've had a couple of managers that ran yep. it before. Um, Trevor Richards, who was the ex-Brinton's uh, boss, he was there. And then when when he left, we appointed Bob Crotty, who was Greg Smith and I, that made that uh, appointment. And Bob had been manager of uh, Amcal. And I said to Greg, anyone that can manage 105 pedantic chemists has got to be able to handle our 25 or 30 members. So that's how it, how it worked. And then I put we put Bob on in the, uh, November, I think it was, and then I said to him, you're coming with me to surfaces. He said, no, 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 I've got too much to do. Anyway, I made him. And just like you said, he was like a human sponge. He went absolutely everything, day, night, morning. <laughs> so that was good. And then he'd come and get me playing the the slot machines and losing money. But what was good was the first time we went there in the slot machine, there was a slot machine in the back of the toilet. So he would sit on the throne and put, put 20 cents. <laughs> that was the worst thing I've ever seen, I reckon. But, no, so that was, that was really, really good. So that's how, how Floor World started. And now, of course, um, we're, we're continuing to moderate our growth because we don't aim to be another um, one of the of the absolute majors because we run for the members and we have a very low cost overhead and that's how we plan to to you know keep the thing running. Yeah, and um, I guess as I said, you know, earlier I, I was sort of part of the uh, Floor World group. She's uh, going back over fifteen years ago, um, and that's what I loved about being part of Floor. And what I continue to enjoy about working with um, Floor is, I guess, that uniqueness that you guys have been able to have. That it's all about the members. Um, well, and there's, there's two major differences. We're the only major group, and we're almost a major group. We're not. We're not quite, but maybe in, in quality and size of the members, we might qualify. But we support the members first and suppliers second. Now the other the other major people try to alias all the goods, so there. But we actually support uh, if, if it's. Clever choice. We've got the sign up there. We're not. We're not trying to uh, to hide it. So that's the major difference that Floral has, and it does support. Number one, we are here for the members, and we also um, we share uh, the whatever rebates us up with our members in a much more generous manner than what the other groups do. Yeah. Um. And what's um, what's been over the years? Uh, as you said, forty-seven years. Uh, you were chairman for sixteen years. Um, what are some of the things that you're really proud of, of? Of what you guys have achieved over those years with Floor World? Oh, I just think that we just that we've we've managed to uh, uh, to gain and hold the re respect of the trade. I think that's one of the one of the most important things. You know, um, you can't buy a good name. 
and <laughs> so you've got to earn it. Yeah, it's funny that it's you, you're exactly right. I think that the longevity speaks volumes. I think that uh, you know the fact that you've been in the industry for so long, but that you know been part of floor for so long. It's it's it really does speak volumes, mate. And I think not only that, you're a bit of a stayer though, because you were talking to me off air that you've been a member of St Kilda for seventy five years, the football yeah, club. True. So you've yeah. got you're you're a stayer. <laughs> Even worse than that, I'm now the uh, uh, the longest uh, active member at Greenacres Golf Club in Melbourne in, in Kew. I've been a member there for 67 years. Wow, mate! I tell you, <laughs> when you pick, you, you pick and stay, mate. I like that about you. you, you you're solid. <laughs> well, maybe maybe because I'm too too bloody dumb to <laughs> to work it out. <laughs> well, mate, it, it's it's funny. I, I always my favourite saying is, you know, I fooled another one. Mate, you must have you've been fooling people for a long time then. It's hard to fool people for 75 years. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> well, somebody once said of me, which is very, very nasty, that it bullshit was a religion of a BV Pope. <laughs> and I thought that was... <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. But <clears throat> so Michael's obviously, uh, you, you're both deep in the industry. Like you're both from, and from very different uh, angles as well. Uh, Michael's obviously you know, been in it for, for 20 years, and, and but you've been in it for you know nearly two and a half times that. You must have seen a hell of a lot. I know that Michael's seen a hell of a lot of change, and even in the last two or three years, there's been a, a lot of change in the industry. But you know, looking back, what's been the, the greatest change that you've seen over the time? Like, oh, The greatest change, with, without any question, was when I started and I, went, uh, I was always on the purchasing, the admin sales side. And my partner Sam was in charge of everything at the back and the, the estimating and the laying and all those, uh, that particular side of the business. I had 57 carpet mills to choose from. <laughs> now we're really down to, if you count ownerships of ones together, we're down to five. Yeah. So 57 carpet mills. Yeah. And what, that was here in Australia or was that uh, internationally? So run us through a little bit because this is what I'm really interested in. Like, like you said, we're, we're down to you know, probably three or four, uh, maybe up to five here in Australia now, which control most of the market. Um, how did all that work back then, um, having that many options of carpet and all, you know, how many were local? Were they local to Melbourne or Queensland? or How did, how did that work back then? Oh, they're mostly just... Uh, um... Melbourne and um, uh, Highcraft was in in Sydney. Yeah, uh, in the, in the early days, mostly here. There was Ulster and Tascot down in in Tassie, um, Edwardstown in um, South Australia, a company called Westwards in Perth, and uh, in Queensland there was North State. So that was it. And yeah, all, right. the rest, all the rest were, were here in Melbourne. Wow. And maybe I think there were five or six in New Zealand. Stevens, Bremner, uh, Bremworth, uh, Cavalier, um, Saleh, and there were more. I can't remember them all. 
Yeah. So it would have been a very competitive space in the... Um, well, because... it was, but you tended to um, belong to somebody, if you know what I mean. You tended to be a, a Minster house or you were a, a Red Bull house or you were... And you didn't, you didn't chop and change anywhere near as much. Yeah, right. So there was a lot of loyalty then based around was, your supply yeah. and... Yeah. Um, similar, I guess, to the, the beer manufacturers, your Everest, um, Colton United Brewery um, house yeah. or your Tui's house. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then, I mean, there was, uh, and there was, you know, the, the, the only one who used to have fun with were the underlay boys, the, the, uh, Bridgestone, and they were they were legendary days, but they always had had uh, specials on at the, at the races or whatever shows were going and Dunlop also, but now Dunlop, of course, are now part of the Victoria Carpets and Quest Carpets group. So, yeah, it's amazing that the landscape and suppliers, like how much it's actually changed and, um, like, I guess, evolved over, you know, the last sort of 40-odd years. Um, and I guess traditionally back then, if we were looking at the landscape, like I look at some of the old photos, um, you know, especially at your floor world, um, events yeah. and looking at the shops and it was just rolls of carpet. Um, so, you know, yeah, so we used to have, uh, in Gore Street in particular, we used to have maybe 35, 40 rolls on the floor. We had a big, a big, a big area and we would sell off the rolls off the floor and our walls were full of vinyl racks. And we would sell vinyl off the rolls, cut it off five minutes, ten minutes, whatever the person wanted. Yeah, so th that was uh, there was a lot of cash and carry in that. And we used to carry vinyl tiles and stuff like that in stock, and to, people would would come in for. So no, the change has been very rapid, really. Yeah, well, that's what um, I've sort of noticed. You know, the landscape of the the shops, as you said, used to be, you know, as you said, rolls and rolls of carpet. Uh, the vinyl was all sheet vinyl back then, yeah. or just square tiles. Now, yeah. when you walk into a shop, uh, it's completely um, like obviously there's still the carpet, but there's so many more products now, like with the plank timber flooring, the laminates, um, hybrids. Yeah. Um, yeah, you would have seen so many different products, you know, starting to evolve over, especially probably the last 10 years. It just seems yeah. like every year there's another new product. Well, massive. And, of course, there was a huge, um, in in the vinyl in, in part of the world, there was an even, even a bigger change because the biggest, all the companies kept on taking, being taken over. So there was... You know, there's so many different firms that are now all swallowed up in the Target group, somebody in the in the Mohawk group, and you know, they're, they're just uh, just massive. Not always for the for the for their best, but you know, it's been a it's been a because when I first went to Coil Drake in in Belgium. There were so many different different mills. You could spend a week there and not and not sort of catch them all. So it's it's just a, a constantly changing thing, and you just wonder where it's going to going to finish. But I'll be on the other side of the grass, then, so we'll find out. <laughs>
Mate, an interesting, I guess, an interesting thing that's that's happened that you would have seen, you know, firsthand is that uh, the, the floor laying, especially carpet laying, was such a specialist thing that it wasn't really such a DIY thing. Carpet laying, it was it was something that was you really needed to know what you were doing. But I guess now with with the advent of of all the the different flooring options now, hybrids and and all the different sort of boards, is that a lot of DIY warriors are getting involved now, right? This is by far the biggest uh, uh, area of concern. We don't have enough qualified layers, and uh, you know, getting them, uh, keeping them, it's uh, it's exceptionally difficult. And that applies to, if I look at my uh, vinyl layers, about it, of the of the teams I've got, there's the one. Three, three of them are English ones that have come out that were trained over over there. So it's it's just it's the it's the lack of training. The biggest problem I see in the in the industry now is that we 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 have so many different associations. There should be just a floor covering association that covers the timber, the vinyl, the um, carpet. All of them, and uh, then that would that would make it a lot easier. Instead of so many people trying to do um, with well meaning, of course, but it's not effective. And uh, that would be the best thing if they can if they can bring that about. Be a few a few egos, of course, and it would have to be massaged. But that's what should definitely happen. It's interesting, Robert, that everyone that we have on here, I think we're over 20-odd guests now, um, everyone actually ends up at that same position, um, that the skilled labour, uh, the associations, and um, unfortunately the flooring industry is um, not being able to unite, I guess, under one sort of body. No, well, hopefully, hopefully there will be some moves that will happen sooner rather than later because there are some uh, some good people that that are aware of it and would like to try and move it on so let's let's watch this space but i mean the the, the biggest problem is is that i mean if i wanted to uh, with the contacts and connections that i've got we could substantially increase our business if we could have enough quality qualified layers because the layers are the most important uh, important part if you do a job that's not well laid the, that comes back onto you and if it is well laid that's how you get the referral business that all businesses pray for yeah, exactly. You know, we can do our part as the manufacturer and supplier and supply good quality products. Then you as the retailer, you know, pass that on. Um, but ultimately, you know, the end of the line is is the qualified installers or the, the installers who, as you said, you know, really control how quick we can grow or how quick we can get things on the floor. And then the level of standard of our products, you know, and our service uh, for you guys then... You know how that sort of grows. So, um, you know, I know that Floor World's heavily involved with organisations like the FCIA and Bob Crotty. I know puts a lot of time in there. 
Um, you know, we speak a lot with Fiona, uh, who's now, you know, sort of taken um, the helm there. And so we're, we're also heavily invested in trying to, you know, help all that push forward into, you know, having that one governing body. Because I, I think it's a great thing for all of us. Um, yeah. And especially, yeah. like you said, for many people in this industry who have put, you know, like yourself, over nearly 50 years into it, uh, to sort of see it evolve into, you know, that real professional industry, I think is what the industry deserves. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that, that uh, it, it should, it will be good, and I think it will eventually happen, but I mean, how long it takes, it's just, it's just common common sense, really. But, I mean, the other thing about what you referred to earlier was that you go out and you look at a complaint and your name's tarnished because it's not properly done. And then, you know, this is, this is a, this is a major concern, I think, for, for, you know, everyone. We, one of the, one of the things I believe is that you're better off to fix the, the complaint instantly. The quicker you do, the better it is. We had this similar discussion uh, last episode with Emma, where there seems to be that the, maybe there's a, a there's a disengagement between the the layers and the and the and, and the retail stores or the layers and the suppliers, and there they, there tends to be maybe a bit of blame game, and it should just be you now let's just oh, let's did. just solve the problem, right? Well, one of the things is it, it's always a blame game because if we, especially if you go to vinyl. And the vinyl's on the floor, and there's a problem. Now, is it moisture coming up? Is it the vinyl failure? Is it properly installed or not? And you'll find I've been over the years of many, you know, one saying, "Well, it's not ours, and it's not ours, and it's not ours." So when, so then you then you sort of left with it. Right? So then you've got to make the call to to fix it. And I think that if you fix a complaint, it can really quickly. And I mean, I've I said to a friend of mine who was in the trade, and he's a a, a wholesaler, and he went to a com complaint. He said, "Look, I don't think that that's really our problem." So what happened? Um, I and I was with there as the retailer, and I said, "It mightn't be, but it's it's almost it's one of those ninety percent is it right? Is it or isn't it?" So I said, the best part is you should take the claim, fix it up, and we and we won't charge you for the for the reinstall, and the customer will be happy. So at the end of the day, then that's what happened, because it's not always a hundred percent fault here or fault there. But the important thing is to is to get it fixed. Talking about getting it fixed, Robert, I can see a uh, St Kilda jersey there. And, and like uh, Matt said, you've been a member. We're heading into finals season. We are. Are you going to go all the way? Uh, next question, please. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think so. I reckon we're, uh, we've got some amazing young talent now and perhaps another 30 games into them uh, will be there. So I think... Hopefully, we'll be able to challenge in the next couple of, of years. I'd be amazed if we were able to do it this year. But yep. you never know. That could be them ringing now to tell you otherwise. 
<laughs> yes, well, it could be. So, so who's your who's your tip for the pennant this year then? Oh, I think I think probably Melbourne, but uh, they seem to be coming into form. But it's it's just a it's it's just so hard to pick. This has been an amazing football year because I think anybody if take the top two or three sides, but the rest of them. Um, anyone can beat anyone on on a given day, and uh, it's been a much more even even year. And that, and that's always good for for football is you know when you don't I guess necessarily have one or two teams that are completely dominant. Uh, we're sort of seeing that a little bit in the league this year with probably Pemrith and you know the Broncos have actually been quite dominant this year. Uh, so it leaves yeah, them. The storm. Yeah, and you know the storm are always lingering around, and uh, especially this weekend, you know they're they're the Broncos bogey team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, Broncos have beaten them for thirteen years. So lost, lost them. Continue. Yes, I, I, I. So yeah, I hope so as well. I hope so as well. Yeah. Oh, oh really? You you jumping on the storm oh, no, there, Matt? I don't like yeah. Brisbane. I'm a bit like. Uh, Brisbane are Brisbane are my Collingwood, right? It's anyone but anyone but Brisbane. It's sort of anyone but <laughs> Melbourne as well. But uh, yeah. but you know, it's if I'll, you got to pick one. Yeah, of them. I've got to pick one. Of Don't forget your roots, please. You've got to remember <laughs> where you came from. Well, that's it. Well, both of our roots, there, Robert, are uh, well and truly retired for the season. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm a Tiger supporter. Well, give, give uh, yellow and black, but Jason, my partner's a, a mad, a mad tiger. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very good. We, we, we um, you know, in the AFL, the Tigers, I think, had their uh, run a, a couple of years ago. Uh, but really, you know, watching them, um, and they're sort of my AFL team as well because I go for them in the in the league. So I sort of jumped. I actually jumped on them at the right year, the year that they won their uh, premiership. Uh, so I was pretty pretty happy about that uh, because good. in the NRL they're so far from getting a premiership. At least I've uh, got one in the AFL. So good. I was just going through my list because I said um, you know um, I was actually expecting some jokes. One thing that I love about uh, Robert at all the events that we attended over the year is that he always had a couple of jokes that he would come out with. Uh, that would actually leave me in stitches. So, Robert, have you got one for us today? <laughs> no, 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 I, I, uh, I'm retired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so still working in flooring, but retired from telling no. jokes. Well, yes, it's it's. Uh, no, I still I still do, and uh, but um, I I. Uh, and when I'm, I'm still involved in Q Rotary, and uh, I was a long, long time the sergeant because I used to do the fines. I used to tell a joke, and if they didn't laugh, I fined them. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's win-win, isn't it? That's win-win. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. So no, everything. everything uh, I'm really, really pleased how. Um, it's going here. I'm, it, I just uh, enjoy coming in and helping out a bit. And it's, it's really funny because what will happen, I'm in my office and somebody will come and ask, oh, what about this? I can't get this now. And I'll, I'll remember that 
somebody else made one similar and so I can be useful still in, in a even though I, I'm not on I don't serve on the floor anymore because I just find that I haven't got the patience. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. But you can't, there's, you can't put enough uh, like importance on knowledge. Like it's it's a no. it's the most important thing. So I think that still having someone that's got the wealth and, and the breadth of knowledge that you have is so important to that business that they can go to because you know if you if you haven't seen it firsthand, you've heard of it. And there's no doubt in the industry. You'd have to. Yeah, no, no, that's certainly right, and that's. Without being silly about that, that's probably the reason I'm still on the board of Floorville because I can, I can contribute from what I know has happened in the in the past and what I see. So no, it's good. Yeah. So I'm very happy in my in my trade and my and my job. Um, I'm very happy that my children are not involved. So that's even <laughs> better. Because when my son, who um, is in IT when he started, uh, like at uni, wanted a job. So he said, I'll oh, come in and I'll give you a job here. And I found that I was either much too soft on him, much too hard on him. I could not treat him the way I treated everybody else. And I found it very uh, un- unnerving, I think is the word for it. And so I, I decided that that would never be and that... Uh, would I would I would take it in? Well, I'm going through the same thing now, Robert. I've got my youngest son uh, just finished year twelve and yeah. bit bit lost in what he wants to do. And I've given him a job. Uh, he's working in our warehouse at the moment, and I have the same sort of feeling. I'm, I'll probably find I'm the I'm, I'm too hard on him uh, yeah. because I have higher expectations of him than anyone else. Um, and that was sort of hard because, you know, as you probably felt, you know, when you're, when you're a dad, but then also trying to be someone's boss and you're trying to play two hats, um, you know, he, he had a chat to me on the weekend and he's like, oh, I just feel like you're always hard on me and you're always yelling at me or, you know, so and I, I was pretty grateful. Like, you know, he goes, I shouldn't have be having this conversation. I'm the kid and you're the adult. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I'm glad you're having this conversation because unless you know, you do let me know, then this is a first for me, you know, being a boss and a dad, you know, no one's taught me this. No, one of the best things I think in my time here is that I've had uh, 28 people get long service leave with me. So that I think is is the key. You need to have good, good staff. And to keep good staff, you have to appreciate them. It's not a financial thing. And people think, oh, well, it's, it's, all, it's automatically just about money. It's about thinking about them, what they like, what they do. You might, if they enjoy the theatre, you'll buy them a couple of tickets to the new show and just give them that. It can be if they're into football or whatever, cricket, whatever they're into, um, just support them and show that you're interested in what they do. And... I think that your staff, you're only as good as your staff. And if you haven't got the right staff, you can't make a business grow. And I think that's the, one of the major lessons of my long, long time is to look after your staff and value them. Very wise, um, very wise words, um, you know, and 
I think you're right. I think everything's got to do with staff, and if you can have long-term employees, then you know we've got several of them here. Um, Ian Walker, um, Morena, there's a couple of us. You know, myself being here 12 years. Um, so yeah, it's the hardest thing, and especially in this day and age, like you said, trying to get new staff now. Uh, all the skill shortages, uh, the labour shortage, and all that out there. So be able to keep the good ones that you've got. Um, you know, is, is not an easy thing. Well, no, finding finding new staff is really difficult. We put an ad in the paper a while ago for a, in a in a management role, and uh, we got a retired tram conductor rang up. I mean, it's absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's how bad it is, you know. I mean, you just it's just crazy, and yeah. uh, um, the staff you do find you find through um, other means rather than sort of putting putting an ad in the paper because you're just wasting time. So there is a really big shortage of of qualified staff. So when you do get them and they're and they're good, you've got to treasure them and appreciate yeah. them. I think that's a good place to end up there. With um, Matt's got some fast five questions there for you, Robert. Absolutely, mate. Okay. okay. Well, what we do is we finish every episode just with five very quick fire questions. Uh, it shouldn't yeah. uh, it shouldn't hurt the brain too much, I don't think. Although it did take some time to come come to them. Uh, okay, mate. First up, beach or bush? What do you prefer? Beach. Beach. Nice. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, home or abroad for travel? Abroad. abroad. Favourite spot? Um, Thailand. Yeah, it's good there. It's good there. Okay. One food for the rest of your life. You can only eat one food. One food? Yep. Good food? Yes. <laughs> Any good food? Good food. Oh, that's it's it. Gotta be good, yeah, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Mate, here's a sneaky one. Spray-on or roll-on deodorant? What is a deodorant? I have no idea. (laughs) 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 It's it's really, really funny because I I used to have, I used to uh, borrow my daughter's hairspray and I'm follically challenged. Yes. It's actually a solar panel for a sex machine. <laughs> and I used to borrow her, her hairspray and I'd spray under my arms. It's the only place I had any, any bloody hair. So. <laughs> oh, lunatic, lunatic. <laughs> okay, right. last question. Now, you've, you've, yep. you know, you're 80 years old, so you've, you've seen a lot. Favourite movie, one yep. movie that you could watch for the rest of your life that you only had to go to? Favorite movie, probably Shawshank Redemption. Oh, good call! Very good, great movie, Robert. It has been an absolute pleasure learning from the master. Uh, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the, the the shitty weather down there in Melbourne today. And well, we're sorry that. Well, what you don't realize, the real benefit about Melbourne is you get four seasons in the one Absolutely. day. Absolutely, that's how lucky. Absolutely, sends out now. There you go. Make the most of it. Make the most of that thirty minutes. Uh, it's been great mate thank you so much for joining us Michael enjoy your time down there in Melbourne 
Oh, I'm going to love it. Hopefully, hopefully I'm going to bring some of this rain back so I can fill my dam up. Yeah. Because they got bucket loads of it down here. And, uh, Robert, I could, we could definitely do with some rain up in Queensland. Well, no, but you, well, what you could do with up in Queensland, a bit more culture. <laughs> a bit more culture. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Good place to leave yeah. it. Thank you so much, Robert. We'll speak soon. Thanks, Robert. That's it for now on The Underlay. Stay tuned every two weeks. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.